Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Uh, This week we are taking on a topic that is um, familiar to many and feared by most. (laughs) And that is the concept of choking. All right. So I say the concept of because I'm sure that um, like many things in this world, we are using better terminology and hopefully we'll get there in this podcast to describe choking. Choking feels like a very, I don't know, it's like 70s term, you know, to describe like the player on the court who choked when it was the big moment to take the shot or try to go for the field goal or whatever. And it's something that we say, I feel like we say it from the outside about a player or someone who's doing the thing, right? So it's a very like outside, almost like an observation, right? That we we feel like we are observing someone's choking. Because I think if you, if it has happened to you and um and you've you've choked, right? You've you've got to the big event and you couldn't perform. I'm not sure that you would use that vocabulary, right? So, um, but it is common vernacular. That is where we're going to start today. And if you've ever, you know, kind of walked to the line, especially for a big event or maybe a regular sized event that you've just put a lot of pressure on yourself to perform and not been able to perform in a way that you assumed, expected, thought, trained for that you could, right? Um, You thought that you would be able to perform and you couldn't for whatever reason. And like I said, people refer to it as choking. And I think um, kind of where that comes from is, and, and the reason it still applies a little bit, and the reason I'm even, I've already said the word like, I don't know what, 20 times, who's counting, um, is because what I, th- I think where it comes from is there is a physical component to what happens, what's happening to us when we, quote, choke. And there is like physiological things that are going on in you when you are in that moment. And that is, quote, happening to you. All right. So one of the things that is happening physically is that you start to be in a state of fear, right? You're afraid of how you will perform. You're afraid of failing. You um, start to be afraid of being afraid, right? Because you don't, you know that you don't want to go there and you don't want to feel that anxiety. When we as human species peoples um, get in that state, we actually aren't thinking clearly. We actually, if you think about your brain being in the frontal cortex, the mid and the kind of back, the primal, the, um, you know, the amygdala, those kinds of things, you actually have 
faced a situation where your brain has, your frontal cortex has said to the, your midbrain, hey, should I be afraid of this? Like, this seems like kind of a, like kind of something I should care about. And your middle brain processes and says, oh my God, yes, fear. And so when it throws it then to the back of your brain, into that amygdala, that primal, that lizard brain, your lizard brain says like, okay, fight, flight, freeze. Like, we got to do something about this. Like, this is bad. This is a, this is a situation. And what is literally happening in that moment is when the power is given to the lizard, let's say, okay, just go with me. When the power is given to the lizard brain, you aren't thinking clearly. Okay, so in effect, your cognitive powers, your cognitive ability to get you through this situation and be able to perform as you know that you're fully capable of doing is kind of really out to lunch. And so there is a physicality to it because then also, what is your amygdala also responsible for? It's responsible for breathing and heart rate. And those two things go through the roof. And so you start, now you don't even have your full breathing. Now you don't even have your full capacity from a brain, from a heart, from a breathing. You actually are sort of choking, right? Because you can't, some, for some people, it really gets so physical that they re- really literally can't breathe. So the origin of this phrase, while it doesn't feel like it sometimes it's applicable, the origin story, the lore, if you will, um, of this, this phrase, this concept of choking does have its merit and its roots in what physically happens to your body when you are in fear mode right? Or in anxiety mode. And those who get afraid of them being afraid or walk to the line and think like, oh my God, I hope I don't choke, right? Or I hope I don't freak out or whatever your words are to describe that that situation. You know, some people have described it to me like they feel like they black out, that they don't even remember what it is that they were doing. And so once we start to fear the fear, right, now that starts to become even, you know, just kind of exponential, right? Everything I just described goes, you know, to the like nth degree. And now we really start to kind of freak out, all right. And so it's important, I think, to understand what is happening physiologically in your body at that moment because there are ways, and we're going to go through them, there are ways to gain control. And the reason you need to gain control of that is you need to get to thinking again. You need for the energy to go back to the frontal cortex. Because the other thing that happens, I mean, literally from a physicality and energy standpoint, is when you are in, when the amygdala is in charge, when that lizard brain, that lizard is in charge, um, they're also sending like your blood flow to big muscles that are in charge of either fighting, or I'm going to say flighting, running, um, or even freezing, okay? Because some of us freeze. I'm a freezer. Um, And so, your blood flow is disrupted as well. So in that moment, when you are standing at the line or you're about to go do your your thing, um, if you're in that fear mode, you've literally interrupted your blood flow, your heartbeat, your breathing, and your ability to think. Okay, so I'm kind of like, kind of pause for dramatic effect here because it's important that you understand that also 
um, it's real. But because it's real, now you know how to address it. See, for me, there's always power in understanding the why, right? The underlying cause. Because if I've, I feel like if I understand the why, now I have a little more power. Now I know how I can address it. And now I know, in this case, for specifically, how I can get back to, okay, frontal cortex, I need you. I need you to be thinking. I need you to be giving me the information. You know, get me back into the present moment. Get me into flow. Um, you know, get me into the zone, whatever. And so that the skills that I have learned, prepared for, practiced are accessible for me, right? That's what we want to get back to, right? We have to perform. You know, we walk to the line with this in this kind of state and we need to get back to normal, okay? So why do we get to this state to begin with? Why do we choke to begin with? Why do we even get to a point where we think that we're in this, this state, the state of um, fear, or maybe, maybe the fear isn't accessible for you in terms of like how you, you, it feels in your body. Maybe it just feels like, I just can't perform. I know that the skills are there and I just can't perform. Okay, so why does that happen? It really kind of boils down to three buckets. I'm not going to say reasons because I think each one of these, you know, could deserve a podcast in and of itself. Um, But let's go with kind of the three big buckets of things. The first is that you are focused on the outcome and not on the process. And yep, I'm a broken record when it comes to this. But when we are afraid of failing, it really means we're afraid of falling short of the outcome that we've set for ourselves, right? Could be an outcome goal. It could be expectations. It could be maybe we're on a team of some sort and so we're afraid to let down someone else, either our partner or maybe a family member who came to watch or friend or something like that. You know, all of these other things. But it's outcome-based. It's because you are focused on the outcome. If you were only focused on the process goal, a process goal is 100% in your control and it's something that you set. So therefore, there kind of logically, there really should be no fear around being able to execute on your process goal. If I say to you, you need to get to the line, you know, your process goal should be that you are stay connected with your dog. That doesn't really invoke fear, right? It's something that you're like, yeah, you're right. If I'm not connected, there's no way I'm going to cue on this run, right? There's no way I'm going to be able to perform if I can't do this. So you have to think of your process goals as, first of all, super important, (laughs) but also really foundational as like the stepping stones to even get to that cue or that performance that you know you can do. So I'm going to hold to the idea that if you are choking, if you are unable to perform, if you are afraid to fail, it is because you're afraid to fall short on an outcome goal and you are focused on the end and not on that very next thing you have to do. Okay, so that's number one. You're focused on outcome instead of process. The second reason I think this happens is that, um, you know, once this trigger starts, it feels a little bit like a snowball, an avalanche, a rock slide or whatever going down with its own momentum and then you really can't feel like you can think your way out of. And that then gets scary, okay? So sometimes we, you know, and and the thing is, is like there is a healthy, and for everybody it's very different, but there's a healthy amount of um, performance, I'm going to call it excitement, 
Because again, you know, excitement and anxiety really present the same in the body. Like if you were all like stickers all over you, electrodes to like really meter what was going on and someone didn't know what was in your head, they were just measuring what was in your body, fear and excitement look a lot the same, like almost identical. It's almost what, it's just then it comes down to what you call it and how you feel about what you're feeling that determines what happens next. So if I get tingly or my stomach gets a little flip floppy um, or I feel a little jittery, I have a decision in that moment. Am I calling it excitement because I'm excited to compete? I'm excited to be with my dog or maybe the energy in the in the building is really exciting? Or am I, if, if my thing, oh my God, this is anxiety. Oh no. All right. You have a choice in that moment. And I feel like those people who choke are making the choice that it's anxiety. And like I already described, when we choose anxiety in that moment and we choose that response, then yeah, our physical, our physical abilities are, are not as accessible to us in that moment, right? Lizards in charge, brain, heart, lungs, all doing different things that are out of the normal. And we feel like we cannot get back to that, that we feel like we literally can't think. And it's kind of true. Like physiologically, it's true. The thinking is happening in a different part of your brain, okay? All right, the third reason I think that we get to this state of chokeness <laughs> is that we're not living in the present, okay? We're living in the future, right? We know outcome is future. Um, we could also be living in the past, right? Oh my God, remember the last time this thing happened and I choked and I did this and now I'm afraid of choking again and da 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 That's all past tense, all right? The key to this, and we're going to talk about this um, in terms of like strategies to get ourselves into a, let's say, much more productive state, um, is you've got to just solve for the moment in front of you and just do the next thing, okay? Um, you want to get into flow. You want to get out of freeze, you know, or out of flight. You know, I've, I have a, um, a person that I know who literally before she goes in the ring would be like, you know what, I've got a conflict. I'm just going to skip this run. It's not that big a deal. Da, 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 da. So hers is a flight, which is kind of rare in dog sports just to kind of like walk away from your run. Um, but, uh, you know, everybody is going to deal with this in a different way. And in all the cases, they're not solving for what's in the present moment. What is the only the next thing you need to do, okay? So what we're going to do is um, we're going to listen to this short message and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about how to get out of that choke moment and get back to a state where you know you can perform. Back in a jiffy. Hey there, just a brief break so I can let you know about a product that I personally use for my dogs, Summit Joint Performance. I've been using it for about a year on my older dog, Indy, and then last fall I added my younger dogs as maintenance. Here's why I love it. It's a one ingredient. It's chondroitin 4 sulfate. That's it. It's clean, 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 and it's safe to use with whatever you're already using, whatever other supplements for joints or anything else that you're using. My personal experience has been that it slays inflammation. So if you are dealing with inflammation or even think you are, I think you're really gonna love it. Finally, 
I one of the things that put me over the edge is I watched the horse people, which that's my background or when I was a kid, and they had such great results with it. And that helped me really lean in, right? The Olympic level Grand Prix horses, you know, Grand Prix riders are all using it. And so it was one of the things that really sort of validated it for me before I started using it myself. And of course, came up with my own personal validations, right? So it's one of those things. I liked it so much that I wanted to sell it. <laughs> so I am a, a, um, a reseller of it and official reseller. And so the link is in my show notes or you can PM me at the Q Coach on Instagram and Facebook and I will get you started with Summit. I really like it. Give it a try. Alrighty. Uh, we know what choking is, been there, done that, don't want to do it again, <laughs> okay? So now how do we get out of it, all right? And how do we get out of it quickly? So, you know, what I'm not going to talk about here is the idea that like you can analyze the heck out of this after the fact, okay? We all do that. Um, I'm going to make an argument to not wallow in it, right? To figure out what you can learn from it and move on and what you would do different, right? But what I'm going to give you now are some tools that you can think about like in the moment. And if you um, have like an accountability partner or a buddy or a teammate or someone you travel with or someone who's always there, or a close friend, whatever, whatever, you get the idea. Um, enlist their help in this, right? Enlist their help in holding you accountable in some of these other strategies that I'm going to give you. Like have them ask you questions. Have them, you know, kind of snap you out of it. Have, you know, share with them that this is something that you're working on and when they see you do X, to tell you to do why, right? Um, so, because I think too often, you know, the other part of this is, is we get stuck in these loops in our heads and no one is there to break the loop, right? No one is there to like snap out of it, you know, and and get us to do that, right? It's, it's those like ancient black and white movies where someone like slaps the person and it's like snap out of it, you know? It's kind of what we need in that moment. So, um, you know, sans physical violence, like let's think about who could help you through this. All right. So that's a little homework. All right. So let's get out of this moment. All right. We're in it. We're feeling it. We're starting, you know, to feel all the tingly feels of it creeping up. What are we going to do? All right. Well, the first thing goes back to, you know, these are, these are all going to align to the three things that got us there in the first place. Just a spoiler alert. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to restate what your process goals are. If you are standing there and you are starting to freak out and you're starting to worry and you're starting to feel all those anxiety feelings start to creep in, um, you're focused on the end. And so you know that. And when you start to feel it, you need to think, hey, what are my process goals here? What is the one or two things I need to get right in this run? Maybe it's just a start line. Maybe I just want a good start line. Maybe I, you know, if you're doing agility, you want weave poles. If you're doing obedience, you just want a really good figure eight, right? So, but it's not that it's a perfect figure eight, right? Or it's not the winning figure eight. And it doesn't make necessarily mean that you cue. It means that it's a part of it that you have to execute in order to have a chance at even queuing, right? So what do you, what are the milestones, the mini markers along in your run? Be connected, um, have great attention, um, maybe execute a specific, you know, side change in agility, right? Uh, depends on what that is. So when you are starting to feel anxious, go back to your 
What is the one or two things that I need to get right in this, right? And if you can link that to a mantra, even better, right? I've talked about before that, you know, smoothing things out with one of my dogs is really important. If I if I'm jerky in my agility runs, she will be jerky as well and is more likely to drop a bar. So I really need to smooth it out. And there is an equestrian uh, named McLean um, who is just, he's like watching him is just like, I don't know, it's just so graceful and beautiful. So I will say smooth like McLean. (laughs) And that's one of my personal mantras for this, right? Because it puts a very specific image in my head. It tells me the one thing I need to do. It comes to me in a mantra and I can just remember like smooth like McLean. And I kind of connect to that mantra also emotionally and visually because I've watched him and I in videos of him and I understand like what that looks like and what that would feel like in my body to just smoothly execute, right? So re commit to those process goals and better bonus points if you can make them into a mantra that you can just repeat um, like right before you walk in the ring. Okay, so that's number one. The second thing I need you to do is we need to get you back in your frontal cortex. Okay, and this first thing will help you do it because it's a think, it's a question, right? Oh, what were my process goals? I have to think, what were my process goals? Um, What scientists say is that part of what will get you back in to your frontal cortex is for someone, even yourself, to ask yourself or be asked by someone else a really simple question. Even if someone looks you dead in the eye and says, what color are your pants? Okay. Sounds simple. Sounds ridiculous. Um, You know, for you to do it without looking and be like, oh, well, I'm wearing black today engages your frontal cortex. It moves out of the lizard brain because there's no part of your lizard that cares about your pants. And it gets you through the mid brain and into the frontal cortex. And now you're thinking and you're processing and you're thinking about like stuff and things that are real and in the world. Okay. So you can also do that for yourself by see number one, um, like reconnecting with what is, what are my process goals, right? And what is my mantra? So that helps you keep thinking, right? Keep thinking, keep thinking. Don't let the lizard win, right? Um, The other thing, like I said, you can enlist a friend. I've asked myself, um, what did I have for breakfast? Right? Simple questions. Don't make it hard. The point is you want to be right. You don't want to stand there and be like, oh my God, I don't know. I don't know if I had oatmeal today or yesterday or the day before. Like, I don't remember. You don't want to give yourself more stuff to think about. So it should be a very easy to answer questions. You can also sing. Um, Part of the reason I listen to a single song over and over is so that it becomes an earworm, so that I have these really accessible lyrics that I can always go to. Again, remembering those lyrics is happening in the front part of your brain, the part of your brain that is going to think and solve and be rational and help you perform. Okay, so we got to get you back into the frontal part, the front part of your brain, and those things will help. What you're basically doing is trying to flip the channel, right? Go from thinking that you're in flight, fight, or freeze mode and get to thinking, no, I'm thinking and I'm in control and I can do this and I'm here and I'm back and oh yeah, I just like for a moment left, but I'm back now, okay? Um, All right, the final thing is, is you need to stay, get yourself back in the present. And I alluded to it before, um, you've got to get back to thinking, what is the next thing I need to do? Simplify it, 
right? A lot of times too, we overwhelm ourselves. We think like we're thinking about the outcome and we're thinking, God, in order to get to the outcome, I have to do 12 things perfectly and, 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 and we start spinning, all right? You can't do all of those things now anyway. Like even if you can execute 12 things perfectly, you're going to do them as they come up, as they happen. And if you're standing there on the line and you're next to go, like you're not actually performing yet. So none of those things that happen. So therefore you're in the future. So therefore you are not in the present. See how what a slippery slope this is? So I need you to just, when you get in those moments, just think like, what is the next thing I have to do? What is the one next thing? What do I need to do right now? Maybe I need to reconnect with my dog. Maybe I need to wiggle my toes in my shoes so that I feel the ground underneath me and I feel grounded and I don't, because I know that like sometimes when I get that way, I feel like lighter. I feel like really disconnected and I feel disconnected from everything. So if I can feel the ground under me, you know, you might even need to stomp your feet or, um, you know, this part, this exercise, which is a really common exercise, always reminds me of that scene in Die Hard, right? Where someone tells him to like take off his shoes on the carpet, you know? Um, anyway, you have to be, I get, I suppose in my age range to know that, that scene, but, um, he, he's walking around in the bathroom, you know, kind of within his feet with the carpet. It's because you're trying to get grounded again. You're trying to reconnect with what's beneath you. So that's a really great exercise, right? Channel your inner Bruce Willis, feel free. All right. But you need to think about what is the next one thing I need to do. And it might just be wiggle your toes, connect with your dog, take a deep breath, and then walk in the ring and be in the present and handle the next obstacle in front of you, the next challenge in front of you. Handle them as they come up. You know, yes, you might be concerned with a turn or a piece of it or a piece of it in obedience or a piece of it in rally or whatever your venue is. Um, but you, can't handle that until it presents itself to you, right? So if it's late in the course, you can't be handling it first, all right? Handle things as they happen, stay in the present, do the next thing in front of you, okay? Okay, so the other thing that we want to break, so those are my three tips of how to get out of it, right? Restate your process goals and in, in preferably in a mantra form and get back in, your, in the front of your head so you can hear yourself think again and come back to the now, be present. excuse me. So the other thing that starts to happen with choking is that if it has happened more than once, you start to freak out that, oh my God, it's a habit. It's what I do. It defines me. Like I choke. I am a person who chokes. So instead of saying like, I have blue eyes, you're saying like, I choke. All right. It doesn't define you, first of all, so you've got to let that happen or let, let that go. It's just something that happens. It has happened to you in the past. But if it becomes a habit, you start to fear it happening again, and then you're more afraid of it happening than it actually happened, if that makes sense, right? You start to fear the fear. And when you fear fear, you start creating anxiety, okay? So it is important to figure out how to break this, all right? And one of the ways that we do that is when we're trying to break up something that's really stuck in us, right? Um, A habit, a behavior that we keep repeating. We need to go and and sit a second with our why. Like, why are we doing this? Um, Are you truly miserable when you step to the line and you're feeling all that anxiety? Is this something that you 
you know, you pay to do, right? We pay our entry fees. We get excited. We train for it. We prepare. We drive. We spend gas money. We stay in cheap hotels or whatever the heck we do to do this. And we do this because we love it. Are you having fun in that moment, right? So you need to go reconnect with your why and remind yourself why you play this game to begin with. All right. It's really important. And if you have to put it on a sticky, if you have to write it in Sharpies on your hand, if you have to come up with shorthand, if it becomes part of your mantra, you need to do whatever you need to do to make sure that the your why, the reason that you compete is at the forefront. Okay. Because that's why you do it. If the only reason you compete is to win the world championship, I don't, I can't imagine you have a lot of joy in the day-to-day. Like, how do you have joy in the practice? How do you have joy with your dogs? How do you have joy in all of the hundreds of thousands of moments that are between you and winning the world championship? Yes, it can be a goal. Yes, it can even be a decision um, that you are, you've decided that this is going to happen one day. And yes, you are working toward that. But even people who are elite at that level are working on their process goals and they're working on what's the next thing that they have to do and they're reconnecting to their why because we need our whys on the bad days, all right? We need our whys when we have a weekend where nothing feels like it goes right or we feel like it's one of those weekends where we took two steps back, okay? So we need to do that. The second thing you need to do to try to really break this if you feel like it's becoming a habit is you need to simplify, because what happens is, is that every time then you're almost, it's almost like you're layering more stuff on yourself when you go to step to the line, right? You're like, I don't want to choke and I want to be able to perform and I want to be able to do this and, and I don't want to let down my team or my friends and my family or whatever. So you need to really strip it back and you need to simplify it maybe only for a while, maybe only for a trial or two. And you need to only have like one or two very doable, almost like in your comfort zone sort of things to get your feet back underneath you and to remind yourself that you can perform and you can perform under these circumstances or under pressure. And you can engage your frontal cortex and stay in the present and focus on your process goals and that you you do have evidence right? Because we always look for evidence, right? We're, we're, we're a species that looks for trends, sometimes when they're not there. Um, we look for, um, you know, uh, confirmation bias, right? We want to we be right. We want to prove that we're right. So even when we fail, we want to prove that I knew I would fail. I knew it. I knew I would do that. I knew I would screw up. I knew I would choke again, right? So we got to get all that stuff in out of our heads. And one of the ways we do that is we put ourselves in situations where we create new positive experiences so that we have new positive evidence that we can in fact perform. So like I said, the way we do that is we strip it back. We, we don't dumb it down, okay? I don't believe in that. That's not a thing. Um, it, it's not dumbing down. It's making it Uh, appropriate in terms of your goal setting and your expectations. And it's making it um, appropriate to not only your competition level, but where you are at this time. Okay. And if you, if this has become a habit for you, if this choking thing has become a habit for you, then you do need to back down a little bit and, and give yourself opportunities to be successful. Um, you can't just keep dialing it up 
and expecting that you're just going to work your way out of it, okay? You have to give yourself a chance to succeed so that you can show yourself that you've succeeded, okay? So um, I, I would... I would stress that because one of the things that does not work, and if this has happened to you, you've probably already tried this method. I know I did. Um, you cannot muscle your way through it, force your way through it, or think your way through it in that way. Um, so it's something that you really do have to kind of break because it can become a habit. And sometimes even habits that we hate <laughs> are hard to break, you know, because we need to, we can't just take the habit away without replacing it. Okay. Those of us who've ever had a puppy, all right, if they grab your favorite shoe, you can't just take the shoe away. You have to take the shoe away and then give them something appropriate to chew on, um, uh, And so if you are going to take away this habit of choking, you have to replace it with the ability to think clearly, the ability to have process goals, the ability to remember your why, the ability to simplify it and just think about what's the next thing I have to do. All right? All right. I feel like it's not necessarily an uplifting. Oh, the other, oh, wait, the other thing, speaking of uplifting, the other thing you have to have to have to do is you can't say that your goal is don't choke, (laughs) okay? Like before you want to write that down on a sticky note, I'm going to tell you right now, don't even bother. Um, Because remember, first of all, you cannot write goals in the negative. Um, Your brain doesn't hear it. That's science, Science science-backed anyway. Um, So if you write down don't choke, all your brain hears is choke, 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 coming up. Um, So you can't do that. And... um, you can't say, I don't want to, right? Choke. Um, because again, all you're saying is choke. So you want to maybe be able to perform under, I hope I can perform under pressure. I want to be able to execute my plan. I want to be able to, you know, stay connected. I want to be able to whatever. Um, and then what you will find is once you have those process goals, you can ask yourself, do I have the skills to do that? you know, is there something I need to practice? Is there something my dog needs to practice? And if the answer is yes, then you're like, fantastic. I have the skills to do that. I want to execute my plan, for instance, right? Just as an example. If you don't have the skills or you feel like you need to practice the skills a little bit, then you need to do one or two things. Either you need to go practice, hopefully not cram, right? Because that's not always super successful, especially in dog sports. Um, but you may need a little more practice or you may need to change your process goal a little bit so that it is an appropriate process goal for your skill level and your dog's skill level and maybe your skill level as a team, right? Maybe you're good and the dog's good, but together you're still working things out. I resemble that remark right now with my middle child. So, um, so yeah, so anyway, make sure that you are always stating things in the positive and you are not obsessing about choking or not choking and that you are eliminating that from your vocabulary. So may this be the last time we ever say <laughs> this word um, and may we all reframe it into excitement and positivity and being in the present and focused on our process goals and really letting the outcome just happen if it's going to happen because there's so many other factors. Remember, the outcome is not something we're 100% in control of. The outcome, you know, could be dependent on the weather or 
um, you know, something that happens at the trial that's beyond your control or a judge makes a bad call, right? The only thing that we're in control of 100% are our process goals. And now with this uh, new, these new tools, now you will also be able to control your inner lizard and get back into your frontal cortex where you can think, perform, and be at your very best self. I hope this helps you guys uh, immensely this week, and um, I hope you have a great week with your dogs. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook, at The Q Coach, and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.